Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. A few studies now have indicated a connection between outdoor light levels with a greater risk of breast cancer in women. Richard Stevens, professor, School of Medicine, University of Connecticut, joins us to explain it all. Hello, Richard. Hi. I know I've got listeners saying, what are you talking about, Ange? Outdoor light connected to breast cancer? What are we seeing in research when it comes to these two things? Well, this does sound very odd to people who have never heard of it before, but we, we're, knowing, we're learning so much about how light affects our body. And in the middle of the night, it really changes things. It changes hormones, and, uh, and, and many of these changes are things that really that could be increasing the risk of breast cancer. And how does that work then? Because we're not sleeping the way we're supposed to be sleeping? The light's interfering with our sleep? I think sleep is sleep is an important part of what we call our circadian rhythm, and everybody knows about this. About dusk, we start getting sleepy. Uh, our metabolism slows down. Uh, hormones go up. Melatonin, a lot of people have heard of melatonin. Melatonin should start rising. Melatonin is a very potent uh, hormone. It, it really does prevent breast cancer in rats. And so this is a rapidly moving area, but uh, we're really rather excited about it because we don't know why breast cancer is so common in the industrialized world, including Canada. And with other more common cancers, we have a, a single known cause for them as opposed to with breast cancer? Yes, that's right. That's an important point. For smoking, 90% of the, of the uh, lung cancer throughout the world is due to cigarette smoking. 85 to 90% of liver cancer is due to hepatitis viruses. We know the cause of cervical cancer now, human papillomavirus. But for breast cancer, we used to think it was diet. It's the high-fat diet of, of the United States and Canada. But it's not that. We have very good evidence that it is not diet, which is very disappointing. But if it's not diet, what the heck is it? And that's what I became curious about a long time ago and thought, well, electric lighting is a hallmark of, of modern life. And uh, breast cancer risk is five times higher in America and Canada than it is in much of Asia, for example, and, and Africa. It's really frustrating because breast cancer is terrible. There's, there's way too much of it, and we don't know why. Talk about, though, the significance of the outdoor light, because I'm wondering, what about the lights I have on in my house? Is that preventing me from having the melatonin kick in? I'm not going to bed when I should be going to bed? Yes. In, there's actually been studies of pre-electric societies. There actually are a few that still exist in the world. And in pre-electric societies, people uh, start going into nighttime physiology at dusk right at sunset. And we don't. I mean, there's good at, with laboratory studies in people. The, the lights, for, for example, from a backlit e-reader can uh, prevent melatonin from rising. And that, when you do turn out the lights for, to go to bed, your sleep is compromised. It's, it's, it's not good sleep. So that's the idea, is that we have there's two aspects that you you said that well. There's outdoor lighting and indoor lighting. The indoor lighting we can control. We we have control of that. And and people are using way too much the smartphone right in front of your face. That blue screen that is enough to suppress melatonin to prevent nighttime physiology. But the street lighting matters too, and that's being imposed upon us by the government. 
and our local utilities. And we as citizens need to be talking to them about the quality of the lights they're putting in. Well, when we talk about light pollution, I always feel like uh, cities like Calgary, where we're changing our light bulbs, we're trying to have a, a duller sky as far as the light pollution goes. When you talk about the type of lights, is that also a concern then? Oh, it is very much. In fact, the, the term light pollution was coined by astronomers who, who bemoaned the fact that we can no longer see the Milky Way. Uh, the World Atlas of, of Light Pollution came out a few couple of years ago. Eighty percent of North Americans cannot see the Milky Way, and that's tragic. Kids, kids don't even know what they're missing, but I've seen it, and that's tragic. That has so the outdoor lighting certainly affects that, but it also affects uh, us while we're out there, when we're walking around in a city, or when we're dr- even driving our car, and uh, it it's way too bright. The products that are being pushed. This is a big controversial issue, and I'm heavily invo- I'm heavily involved in it. The American Medical Association has gotten involved in this, and uh, uh, in America, the utilities throughout the country are having severe pushback from the citizens about these horrendously bright white LED lights they want to put in. I know your research focuses on breast cancer, but do you think there are other cancers that could be caused because of all of this light? And I'm thinking cancers in men, maybe. Yes. Prostate cancer sort of has analogies with breast cancer in women. We don't know why prostate cancer is so common in the industrialized world either. But this area of circadian biology and the fact that light can disrupt our circadian rhythms has implications probably for all aspects of our health, which is amazing. Obesity, diabetes, and perhaps most importantly, severe depression. And I'm not making this stuff up. This, the, the, there's so much work. The Nobel Prize, actually, for, for the first time this year, was given for circadian research. Basic, this was basic scientists. But circadian biology affects all aspects of our physiology. Wow. And we always go back to the basics, the importance of sleep, good health, um, good diet. And here's another reason. Very interesting. And I'm glad you clarified that you're not making this up. <laughs> <laughs> well, scientists sometimes will go beyond the actual data, and I'm very careful not to do that. Well, I know my listeners will be weighing in on this one for sure. Richard, thanks so much for breaking it down for us. Thank you very much. Richard Stevens, Professor, School of Medicine, University of Connecticut. 416, have you heard? traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. Swirling and the Twilight Zone. And it looks like it's finally happening. They say after years of this in and out of development with lots of false starts, it sounds like the new reboot of the Twilight Zone is a go Uh, Let's see here. They say it's going to show up on CBS All Access. Now, that's in the States. Hopefully, when it comes to Canada, it's probably going to be on Space or one of those channels. But it appears that it looks like Jordan Peele. There's three producers, uh, Jordan Peele, Simon Kinberg, Marco Ramirez, and they're behind it saying, too many times this year it's felt we were living in a Twilight Zone. I can't think of a better moment to reintroduce it to modern audiences. I love Twilight Zone. Sometimes, though, I confuse it with Night Gallery. And Night Gallery was just as freaky. Can't remember if it was Night Gallery or Twilight Zone where a guy buys his girlfriend a brooch and that brooch comes to life as a rat that kills her. 
just gives me creeps thinking about it. Have you got a favorite Twilight Zone or night gallery? You can always text 403-974-8255. It's 417.